This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Smirchpod Royale, a podcast celebrating all the Bond films and Bond-related films by those who enjoy, hate, or you know, aren't asked about them. Hosted by me, John Rain. This week we'll be venturing into the past, or is it the future? A world of cavemen, brave women, floppy dinosaurs, and as much dubbing as you can throw a rubber axe at. Yes, it's your the hunter from the future. And joining me to don thatched boots and ill-fitting wigs is comedian, actor, impressionist and singer Terry Minot. Hello, Terry. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm going to take... Uh, I, I'm going to disagree with you. The, the dinosaurs are not floppy. <laughs> it's almost as if they've died and rigor mortis <laughs> has seriously set in. That's very true. I should correct that. Or they're made yeah. of sort of papier-mâché and chicken wire. But if, it, if they'd have filmed it where it would have rained, yeah. uh, then they would have been floppy, yeah. Well, I should point out as well, because of the confusing title, I kept thinking of something and then I was reminded of the Kipling poem If, and there's a section of If that relates to this film because it says, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. Right. That bears no relation to the film. (laughs) It says yours. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he finds out he, he can have the earth, sort of. It's uh, a South American, uh, I don't think, a comic, I think it's. Yeah, uh, Argentinian, believe, yeah. Oh, Argentinian. Yeah, well, South American. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think it was the, it's in the wake of sort of Star Wars, Flash Gordon, people were looking for things to make. And there's a yeah. bit of Flash Is it Antonio Margarito or Margarito? Something like that. Something like that. And yeah. he basically, basically all those Italian films are just blatant rips. Uh, we watched one the other day, hmm. which was just called Big Shark. And basically it was Jaws oh, and right. they got in so much trouble for it because every character was a rip. The whole <laughs> thing's a rip. And that's what it, Italy was sort of sticking two fingers up to everybody and going, well, I don't care. Hmm. 
Yeah. Because there they you used, go. They used to sometimes make a film and just call it a sequel to another film. Yeah, that's what they did. They called it like Jaws Two or something, and they they came <laughs> screaming down on top of them. <laughs> oh dear! And by the time Jaws Four came out, they went actually, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, you can have it. <laughs> what is Jaws Four again? Jaws: The Revenge. Is that the one with Michael Caine? It and certainly is. It swims down to the Caribbean. The Bahamas, yeah. Have yeah. I seen Jaws: The Revenge? No. Oh. I don't know why you're South African, but there's a lot of things there that. <laughs> Don't really stack up. No. I mean, Kane did play a South African, so that's probably what I was thinking of. He did. And in his book, mm. There's mm. an Elephant in the Room, mm. uh, he does talk about, uh, he does talk about, not. I didn't need to learn accents. And you're like, hmm. Mm. I mean, mm. I've, I've seen him do two accents, three accents, actually. I've seen him do American in Cider House Rules. Mm. And then he did uh, Russian in that one about the, uh, the, the World War Two, where he played Stalin. Yeah. And then he was, wasn't he P.W. Boater? I can't remember, but didn't he do one with, uh, with, um, Seagal? Oh, wasn't God, he yeah. A mean a te- oil he was a Texan. Yeah. On deadly yeah. ground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, Native Americans, Native people, uh, that, that can't be helped until a, a white person comes along and yeah. shows them the way. Yeah. Who is now Terrible. a Russian. He should slow down. They said the better on that one. Yeah. Um, so we don't know much about your at the beginning. Um, but what we do know immediately is I was listening to that music and I was thinking, I recognise that. I recognise these chaps. And I don't know if you were a fan growing up of the uh, Bud Spencer and Terence Hill punchy films. No. Okay, well... Sounds the, great, though. I've uh, got a pen and paper on this. I'm writing this all you down. You should. Yeah, Bud Spencer and Terence Hill, they were a duo. They were like Laurel and Hardy for the 70s, except they got into loads of fights and slapped people. Um, very fun. But anyway, all the, most of their music was done by a couple of cheeky Italian chaps who named their band Oliver Onions. Right. And they did the music to this. They did the Your theme. The, what little there is on the internet about this is it does say that they were trying to recapture uh, Queen's soundtrack mm. from uh, Flash. I don't think and you're did. like, really? Yeah. Because the music starts off because your comes j- jumping out of the uh, wastelands. Yeah. Going for and he's jog. quite jovial, isn't he? Mm. He's got a jog on. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> with all this lo- loincloth. <laughs> uh, and um, he's it sort of starts off like a Duran Duran song. Mm. And then it sort of confusingly moves into a your mm. ah, yeah. and you're like, oh, all right, strap yourself in. Yeah, yeah. And did you read this was originally in, in Italy? It was it was a mini series? Yeah, uh, Mundo Your or something. Mm. I think that somewhere there is things stitched together because I've looked at it and uh, you've got a cast list, but you can't find it anywhere. No, but it makes more sense when you think about how it's quite episodic in terms of where he goes and what he does. Yeah, th- this definitely smacks of one of those films of uh, just chuck it all in as mm. one. Mm. But yeah, so he's going... There's for- lots of them mm. though. Oh yeah, oh God yeah. Um, but he's going for a jog with his axe and um, mm. uh, apparently this through was filmed desert. through the desert of Turkey, which was filmed... Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, some kids are being raised to the heavens. And what I enjoyed is yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like a daily update in the of this tribe. And what I enjoyed is the guy goes, and finally, like he's going to say, a, a cat today was seen scuba diving off the yeah. coast. But the, the thing is that he wants the kids to be raised to the heavens. They literally pick them up 
And I'm thinking, oh God, they're going to sacrifice the children. No, they just that's put, what I thought. They put yeah. them down. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's it's like, <laughs> with all these '80s films, there are butt clenching moments yeah. of like, no, they're not gonna, because some of those films do go down. Yeah, terrible, terrible routes. Mm. Uh, and because uh, I show them on my uh, Twitch channel mm. uh, and uh, we'd have to vet everything heavily. We've learned now. Mm. That, <clears throat> but still you sit there and you, you your buttocks clench and go, oh, no, this is going to get me banned. Yeah. But no, they just put, but no, they put the kids back down. Thank God. And uh, they say it's going to be a day celebrated with feasting and hunting, but must not, I repeat, must not turn into an all night rave. Yeah, but also with that, it's like, shouldn't you have hunted before you yeah. feast? Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it's like Christmas shopping when you go out and get the turkey and then have to panic and cook it. Yeah, it's catch it, eat it, and then they're all round a fire and mm. you're is eating a massive piece of meat. Well, we haven't got there because first we meet Carlo, who's played by Karin Kakleti. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. Her from Moonraker, hence the link here. Uh, so she's a cavewoman and she's got a mentor called pag yeah who's a, a portly fellow he looks like a teacher from grange hill yeah he also looks like that actor who used to be in the old noir films peter laurie yeah, yeah peter he does. Laurie. he's got those bulgy <laughs> eyes yeah he has isn't he yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's peter laurie if he was homeless and moved to turkey what's his character name again pag pag hmm. right. so maybe that's like I don't know, some sort of acronym for Peter Laurie. Um, but yeah, they're hunting a sort of pig puppet thing. And, and yeah. yeah. Is it or is it a cat in a jumper? I couldn't work it's out. It's very it small. It's very small. <laughs> Neither could I. No, it doesn't really want to be caught. <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't want anything. Don't want that jumper on it either. No, it's just sort of lying there going, ah! Yeah, and then when they catch it, they maniacally laugh. Yeah. It's like they've never caught anything before. I'm like, oh, you're cruel. I bet Pag's caught a few things in his time. Mm. Uh, but just when they're about to celebrate catching the sort of cat in a jumper, a, a according to Wikipedia, this is a <laughs> steg, stegoceratops, which is a cross of a stegosaurus yeah. and a triceratops. And as you mentioned earlier, it looks like a, a dead animal that's been pulled on a rope towards them. It's on wheels, isn't it, mm. for sure? Oh, definitely, yeah. Because the head moves a lot, but mm. the body does not. No. No, maybe he's, maybe that animal is like that film, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Maybe it can only live inside its head, but its body is not working. Probably. It was asking for help, but actually wasn't going to eat them. I thought that. It didn't look like... Plus, it was a vegetarian. Yeah. So you think, why are they... <laughs> it was probably asking if they've seen any sprouts in the area. Uh, and your goes at it. Oh, he peers from nowhere. Time. Yeah, and just plunges his fucking chopper, not like that, in its forehead. That's a different kind of film. But yeah, he <laughs> does really... And then it explodes in ketchup. Yeah just pouring out of it and it just collapses it hasn't really got tough skin at all no no just pag fire an arrow at it i think that's the other one oh uh, that's the other one yeah pag, right. pag yeah, is well. the aerosmith in this film he's very arrow he happy is. but at this point i think he was too scared to get his arrows out mm. like someone who didn't want to go on bullseye um and and yeah one of the question the <laughs> question based <Yeah>. contestant <laughs> Oh, that'd be a great episode of Bullseye if they're. If That's they're, black. That's black again. That's black again. 
Useless. Get off. That's the stereotopics, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> mm. So they're so impressed with Yor, they bring him to a feast, and one of the elders says, Ah, that shiny Viscount biscuit round your neck. Mm. That is special. I've seen a woman wearing that. Why is Yeah, woman? it's very knowledgeable for... Very. It's a small place, this... Uh... <laughs> ancient world isn't it it's a very small world yeah i mean it just sounds like he goes out at night having a look round, and he's come back and ah, i've seen that he's like traveling matt from fraggle rock mm. when uh we showed it on my uh channel mm. uh somebody said that reminded them of a biscuit it does look like a viscount it, used to have it does the, the look green exactly like it thing. yeah yeah mm. probably the same thing they just painted it gold doesn't look like it would contain any information but what? we'll leave we don't want to spoil the plot well i was gonna say it's, it's relatively unclear what it does contain isn't it yeah hmm. well a lot of things in it is relatively <laughs> unclear <laughs> you could say that uh but the the elder man says that she was the, the person he saw wearing it was a daughter of the gods oh so then you're and the villagers feast and dance and as you mentioned you're just sits there chomping on a big turkey leg yeah whilst the girls have strange nets yeah, and, and they're all... spinning in nets. Yeah, and Carla does this dance. Is she called Carla? Yeah, yeah, it is. She Carla, does... Carla, all the way, she... all the way through. He she does that. an erotic dance for him. Not that erotic, but nonetheless. If you are, I mean, this man lives in a barren wasteland. So you know, to a starving man, a packet of crisps is a banquet. Oh, I count is a banquet. <laughs> it certainly is. He's saving that for emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> As it melts through the desert. Damn it. <laughs> And then, just as things are going really well, they get attacked by a band of cavemen who all look like Frank, Frank Finlay. Yeah, blue meanies. Yeah, they're all painted blue. Yeah, and and you're very hairy, very hairy. And you're just just as as a wild time running around axing them all. I thought they looked like the Baldwin brothers. Yes, <laughs> just equally as hairy as Alec. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, there's some brilliant fight scenes here. Mm-hmm. where uh, your waves his axe about yeah, pointlessly like a man who's never waved an axe around. I heard he got really hurt in this bit because all the uh, extras weren't actors or anything. They were just locals they dressed up. And they really went for it. <laughs> they really went for it with rubber <laughs> bone, with rubber big clubs, and they apparently well, they're whacking him in the face with them. Also, I really do have to say at this point, there's a lot of fur in this film. There is. Yeah. And this tribe seems to be jungle-based. Yeah, but they live so, in a cave. Very hot. Mm. And these guys are hairy mm. and there's fur. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just looks like they'd be ill-tempered because they're just hot. They're just hot. They just, they just need to find somewhere cold to just live. Just take off the fur. Mm. But then they'd be nudie blue men. Yeah, they, you know, no one wants to see that. No. Mind you, I wouldn't put it past an Italian film. No, exactly. You have a feeling that just just off camera they were filming a porno. Yeah, at the same, same time. time. Three films. Oh, I wouldn't put it past this director. Um, so, yeah, so basically the village just gets completely fucking decimated. Yor runs off with Carla and Pag, but Pag has to go back to sort of assess the damage. And he finds out that the, ca- cave, the cavemen killed the elderly and the children, but took the women. Yeah. But there's also... Didn't the elder, the 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 leader of the village, doesn't he say tongue of fire? Something like that, yeah. Before and you're he like, dies. Well, what does that mean? Mm. And then that's the last time you ever hear that. He probably means, could you rim me before I die? 
It was so bizarre. And then, like, well, what's the tongue of fire? It was the last thing on my bucket list. Also in these films, don't mm. they always get to have a good chat before they die? Yeah. There's two ways it's done. They, they either mm. completely tell them what they need to do mm. or they go, it's in the... Oh. <laughs> yeah. But none of that in this. No. He just dies. He just dies um, because he's very old and he's been beaten up by Frank Finlay. Um, so meanwhile, Yara and Carla, he goes, so I'm going to take you to a safe place where I used to hide as a boy. Yeah, which also, hasn't he never been there? He's come from the northern way. That's just... what I thought. Yeah. And he says, I'll meet you by a big tree, which mm. must be very <laughs> tough back in the day. Yeah. All right, the big tree with oh. leaves on it. Yeah. Oh. See you there. <laughs> but he, so they go they go and hide, but as soon as they get there, loads of these blue cavemen turn up again. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Uh, and he tells Carla to run for it. And then he's he's sort of holding his own for a bit, and then they set upon him and just kick the shit out of him. Oh, they do a bonk from the back of the head. They do, they do. And as she tries to help York, because he's passed out at this point. Right? Can I say before she mm. she jumps, but mm. before she jumps, she announces, "I'm going to attack you," basically by yeah. screaming. Yeah. They all see her. Mm. She jumps down. They bonk her on the head. I mean, the element of surprise is to not scream before you there's a few of them yeah (laughs) i'm here (laughs) it's like if you were walking someone into a surprise party and as you open the door someone went it's a surprise party yeah it's very Mm. there's a lot of announcing in this film yeah Yeah. but she's taken away obviously because she's a weak and feeble woman that is all of these films Mm. uh really if you if you're a denier of uh, of uh, the plight of uh, of female actors, this mm. it, women like. Can you imagine how tough, you know, a Neolithic woman was? Oh. You've only got to look at lionesses. Yeah. But in all these films, the women just wander around like they've never seen a forest, screaming, yeah. just waiting for a man to come along. And I, there's there's no story driven. They're just there to sort of get caught. There to look attractive. Yeah, look attractive, get mm. caught, be saved, be vulnerable. Which is surprising because, again, these are all kind of, I mean, there was a big sort of sword and sorcery load of films around this time because of Conan the Barbarian, and the women in yeah. that are quite tough. Yeah, so yeah. And then you go on to, uh, was it uh, Sonia and, mm. was it Sonia? Yeah, and yeah. it's all like, yeah. And Destroyer's sort of... got Grace Jones punching a camel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we... <laughs> Yeah, and also uh, Sword and the Sorcerer. Is No, it's Sword and the Sorcerer, isn't it? Yes. I love uh, that film. Is that with the sword that shoots out of its sheath? It does. Yeah. Big wobbly Which blade is only fire. used twice in the film. And yeah. the, the Sorcerer is desperately underused. He's just covered in baked, bean and he's, baked beans and he goes, I'll get you. And yeah. then he sort of turns back and up. And he's at got the like a whole doesn't... hand full of ET fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Totally underused. Totally underused because they've got that weird, that weird baddie. What's his name? I can't remember his name. He's a blonde guy and he's got a weird burnt face. Mm. He's in it. The baddies are often a bit off, aren't they? Do you remember uh, James L. Jones? Oh yeah, in Conan. Yeah. Perhaps some time on the tree of woe. And they all look like a a a brummy uh, prog rock band, don't they? They've always got fringes. Yeah. And they always expect them to go bloody hell. It's Conan. (laughs) He's got a bloody big sword. Just recorded a double album. <laughs> but, but it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he turns into a big snake at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Easy money, I suppose. He's out, isn't he? In and out. In and out. Like Christopher Plummer in um, Star 
crash. Oh, yeah. He just turns up and does a bloody great big speech and leaves and it yeah. just sort of smacks of like, here's 60 grand mm. and you'd come for a day. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyway, we're in the big tree. Well, your is um he's just about, he's chucked over the cliff while he's unconscious. Yeah, which has remarkably not much <laughs> repercussions for him, I mean, does it? zero. It just puts him out a bit because <laughs> he has to climb back up. But we've said... The world's most crumbliest cliff. <laughs> the world's most crumbliest cliff. Make no traction on. He would still be down there four years later. It looked really high up. Yeah, and very, very crumbly. Yeah, very crumbly. But P- Pag manages to bag one of the baddies with an arrow yeah. before your topples over. Yeah. And I thought, oh, they're going to have it that your lands on that baddie and is somehow cushioned. But no, no. He, just, he just falls down. But not as far as the other one. Not as far. No, the other one seemed to fall vertically down, but yours yeah. seemed to sort of slide down and then come back <laughs> Almost up. Almost as if he'd been chucked. Yeah. <laughs> but he comes up to Pag and he's like, oh, that was a bit rough, wasn't it? And then Pag goes, oh, Carla's been taken. And he's like, well, i got to go and get him. And Pag, who, who, by the way, is Carla's mentor, is like, oh, that's not the way things are done here. Yeah, this is a, a remarkable. I often talk about gears on my channel where there are no gears. You get you get this in a lot lost in translation in Japanese Korean animations where they're almost like, "I hate you, I'm going to kill you, I love you, you're my best friend," mm. and it's because they're trying to squeeze a lot of information in, or or you don't you kind of lose it in translation. Here, there's none of that because no. your just goes, "No, that is not my way," yeah. and Pag goes, "All right then," yeah. and then they just go. Don't they? Yeah, that's not. It's like the first of like three times that happens in this film. It's yeah, there's a lot of like. Mm. It's like. <laughs> so, yeah, all right then, sorry. So we go to the caveman's place, which sort of looks like a Diana Dawes stroke Alan Lake party in the late seventies, isn't it? And the throne that he's sitting on mm. is supposed to be a skull, but no, that's the strangest paper mache. Yeah. I mean, that gets damp in there, so they must have had one day to film that in. Definitely. Uh, and it doesn't look like there's any sort of directing going. It was just like, just muck about a bit. Yeah. Pull women around. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> and he does that bit, right, where they release the women mm-hmm. and he goes, right, fight me. Yeah. And I said when we were watching it, it would be funny if they just decked him and the yeah. credits roll. <laughs> End of film. <laughs> That would be much better as well. But I guess he's showing that he's a caveman. He wants a bit of a fight. Mm, He has to be the alpha male to win the woman. He says, I will, you have to fight me so I can have the woman from Moonraker. Is it true on Moonraker that Mm. uh, Roger Moore had uh, gallstones? Oh, I don't know about that. I love this image. They Mm. had to, because he was getting way too old to play the role. And I'm a Roger Moore fan. Mm. But I love the fact that Bond would be like, oh, give it a minute, darling. You know, just... <laughs> oh, it's just fucking gallstone. Oh. oh, just perhaps a cup of tea in an early night. Is that when you have to piss them out? Yeah. Oh, Imagine that scene in Bond. Oh. oh. <laughs> da, 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 ting. Oh. Ting. Oh, for the love of God. They did that in um, Deadwood, didn't they, with Ian I loved Shane? it in Deadwood, yeah. yeah. Oh, that ruined that whole season. I quite liked it. I don't know why. Oh, I was upset because Al's such a brilliant person in season one and then season two, he's just bedridden. Yeah. Mm. He's a great, that's a great character. Oh, that's so good. Especially to see Lovejoy. 
I was going to say, you're the only yeah. person in the world I know who does an Ian McShane impression. So it's good we've to... watched all of them. They're terrible. <laughs> and uh, one, uh, series one, you know, uh, there's a pair of boobs not on their own attached to a woman. Right, sure. And you're like, I can't believe that that happened. But uh, episode one, he is at sea in Liverpool and he chucks a burning mop uh, onto another ship and it blows up. And you're like, really? And uh, so, yeah, I, I really want to be the next love choy. I think you do a great job. It's, they're so mechan mechanically all the same, aren't they, Tinker? You yeah. go to the, you ring Lady Jane from the phone box. Eric gets in the motorbike, takes it all sort of comes together in the last five minutes, doesn't it? And he's eating so much toast in every single scene. Yeah. Wasn't and it really packing out a leather jacket as well? Like Clement you can and hear the leather jacket squeaking in all of Yeah. And he's got a big old is it the early series where he's got a big old mullet or is it the later series? All of a sudden, what mm. happens in that very, very quickly is mm. it's one of the weirdest things where season one doesn't get picked up for like two, three years. Oh. So season two doesn't get picked up. So it has this massive gap. And all of a sudden, he comes back with the greatest mullet. Oh. I mean, there's a lot of volume on the back. There's Huge. mullets and then there's mullets. I mean, people say, you know, party at the front, business at the back. But with him, it's party at the front, sort of corporation at the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's vast. It's beautiful and majestic. <laughs> if I was his lover, I'd get lost in that for oh. days. Oh, he's, he's like Rapunzel. Yeah. Yeah. But you wouldn't want to climb up. It's too silky. Yeah, wait till you slip, die. <laughs> but talking of beautiful and majestic. Yeah. Why, Terry, have you seen a, a prehistoric bat lately? Now, is it a bat? Because <laughs> it didn't look like it should fly. No. And this is one of the greatest fight sequences. Again, this is very your. Yeah. Mm. Um, does Thingy shoot it with an arrow? No. Uh, no, your does. Takes... Right. Mm. But then again, there's one of them gear changes between uh, him and Pag where he mm. goes, he just takes his bow. He goes, oh, that's the beast of the night. Yeah. And then instantly your kills it. More of just the cardboard thing of the night. Yeah. And then we get our first instance because your grabs the bat and then glides it in like a glider. He, he punches it. Yeah, that's right. He grabs it. That's right, because it's still putting up a fight. <laughs> Shoots it with an arrow. <laughs> when it's on the floor, he punches it in the face. This poor thing. <laughs> Just and nah, flying around. I'm not quite the base people misunderstand. Me. Whack! <laughs> Fud. <laughs> it's hey, a great scene. I think you've mistaken me for some. Oh! Punch in the face. <laughs> and then he glides it in, but glides it in the way that he's a terrible looking puppet. Oh, and he's like a He-Man figure, isn't it? It's yes, so, it's definitely like, no, a He-Man figure. But also, if you've just shot something and punched it, I mm. don't think its wings are going to work, but mm. somehow... He glides in, uses the momentum of it, and we get our first instance of Oliver Onions coming back to be like, Yo! Yeah. yeah. More, yeah. Whenever mm. the, the that music comes in, it's, it, it's sort of to say, hey, this is spectacular. Mm. But yeah, your visuals go, hmm. Not really. But... You're talking of spectacular, he comes in on that glider with both feet in the air and kicks yeah. lead caveman right in the chops. Right. Yeah, and then there's fucking Bedlam. He kicks off, doesn't it? Oh, he just murders everybody. Yeah. And then he rescues Carla and then they run off and he, he finds in, in, in like a cave somewhere, he finds like a river's been um, blocked off. 
Yeah, is it a river? I don't know. Or is it just a little bit of a pond? Because it's very disproportionate to what happens next, isn't it? I don't understand this. Because what happens next is he releases the water like in your Temple of Doom. Yeah. Comes flooding in, kills everybody, including everybody from the village. Yeah, yeah. it's the like a busting of a dam. Yes. But yet when you saw it, it was Mm. about, what, half an inch of muddy water? If that, yeah. (laughs) But it completely floods the entire cave. And everybody they've come that was taken from the village, all the women are drowned instantly. Yep. Forget them. (laughs) Like the second gear change, I think, here, because it's just like, wait a minute, you've just murdered everybody. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's go. They walk out (laughs) laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do that quite a few times, actually, yeah. I just remembered another scene yeah, where they yeah. walk out laughing. Yeah. So. yeah, and they go out, and then yours like, right, well, I'm going to go and find my origins. And Carla's like, well, I'm coming too. And then Pag's like, well, I look after you, Carla, so I'm coming as well. And then Carla says to Pag, why is yours so different to normal men? Yeah. And he says, I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad, isn't it? It's I'm- so bad. <laughs> It's, it's just. Is that where he has a snog? Yes. Now he, this he snogs snog, Pag. Have you noticed Pag is like an inch away from their yes. faces while yes. they're snogging? He yeah. doesn't even look away. He's like, "Shall we?" Uh, and they're like, "No." Well, he's under a very big sheep's uh, under a very big fur, and I wonder where his hand is. Yeah, he's got a rod hull arm. He's like. <laughs> You can see his fur vigorously shaking away. No, kiss her again, you <laughs> Make it longer this time. <laughs> your One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, 
but then part of your goes, well, uh, this is what's this valley? Where's this smoke coming from? And Pag yeah. goes, oh, that's like this burning earth underneath the surface. And the, so the smoke, so there's like, you know, he says there's vapour coming out. And then thought mm. your goes, but what about the smoke? And he goes, I don't know. Yeah, that's another gear change of <laughs> mass destruction. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So he goes, right, well, I'm going to go and find that woman, the elder in the village we're talking about. I believe she lives down here. Um, mm. The other woman who's got the medallion is the same as me, and I'll try and find out about my orange. You two wait here. Yeah, typical. Yeah. So he goes down, and then he comes across, as Wikipedia tells me. And I she don't... tells a dream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. What's the dream? Uh, that he's surrounded by fire and is helpless. Please don't go, your she says. Mm, she was right. Yeah, she is yeah. really typically right. Yeah, because uh, he he comes across not like that. A mysterious society of sand mummies. What did Wikipedia say? Sorry, a mysterious society of sand mummies. Yeah, which we know where that came from, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. But they look like badly bandaged, dirty people. They look like outpatients. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was like a local hospital. Yeah. Just, oh. But a, there's a great bit where they're all they're all hiding against the rocks. Mm. You can't see them. But then they jump out. And not only do they jump out, their sticks are on fire. Yeah. So they must have been pressed up against the rocks mm. with burning their torsos going, oh, fucking quick, quickly walk past, quickly. It's no uh, wonder they're covered in bandages then. Yeah. All burns victims. <laughs> There's them, and the leader of them is that little girl from the old advert who picked up the sparkler. No, is it? No, not really. No. Just would be funny. Wish if it, it was. Yeah, uh, but it, he's captured in a big net after a bit of a yes. fight. Yeah. yeah, that net. When they say she says, "Bring him to me," mm. and then the net suddenly just—it's like it wasn't really on him, was it? It just no. sort of gets cast off. They just sort of peel it an inch off. It's like someone threw a napkin over him. Yeah, and like, oh, go on, off you go. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, he sa- she says she came to the earth with some with all these lads on the floor that are covered in ice. Yeah, which you can't see at all, can no, you? And it shows no. a close-up of a, another uh, biscuit. Mm. And you're like, what is that? Is that skull? And then you're like, oh, no, it's another medallion Yeah. in the ice. It took me a minute to figure out what I was looking at. It took me yeah. two watches, I think. <laughs> so he says to her, look, I've come all this way. And you have got the same medallion as me. What is it? And where did you get it? And she says, I don't know. Yeah. Great. Th- this, this is going scene well. Here, but we're on about mm. the gear changes that we're talking. There's a lot of this. Mm. Yeah. It, it gets, this is one of the weirdest scenes in it for acting, I yes. think. Yeah. It's just all over the place. Because you don't know. She wants him killed, but doesn't want him killed. Well, he I says, didn't understand. Together we can find the answer. So, release me and help me find the answer together. Or just kill me now. And she's like, I'll just kill you now then. Yeah. Haven't you got any kind of curiosity about what's going on? Obviously not. Obviously not. So she's about to kill him and then your kills him all. Yeah, no. Hmm. Her henchmen take him over to a bench. That's right. To a sword. Yes, a flaming sword. But they don't. They were, I don't know what they were going to do. They were going to smash his head against the rock. I don't really know. Now, she gives a weird smile when yeah. he breaks out of it. Yeah. But like you're like, well, why sentence him to death then? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, especially what comes later. She's... I think because there was supposed to be acting mm. in it mm. and because you didn't get, you sort of look at him and go, I'm not what, sure what you're trying to convey here. Yeah. Happiness, sorrow, 
constipation. Yeah, <laughs> it's more like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he breaks out, but grabs her. Grabs her, then kills everyone, and he has. He gets to do a nice. With the last one that's left, he gets to chuck the sword. And Again, the camera follows sword the sword. And the sorcerer. Sor- sor- yes. It, yeah. it, it, he doesn't just chuck it. Mm. He fires it out of his hand like yeah. a ballistic missile. It does. And we get a kind of Iraq War style POV of the sword. Yeah. And then it goes right in the guy's back. And I thought, stupidly, right, that sword's going to play a part. Yeah, I did. But no, never see it again. Never see it again. He just chucks it at the door yeah. and then battles it out of the rubber axe for the rest of the <laughs> Yeah, that's the point. If you had a big rubber axe, I mean, to, to be fair, though, the rubber axe is served him well, but you'd yeah. swap it for the sword. If this was a video game, you'd be like, You'd be like, straight away, I'll have them yeah. and the Slippers of Truth and the Chest of Doom. Yeah. He yeah. does none of that. No, he just sticks with the old rubber axe. So, mm. why did her people burn the outpatient? Why did they all just die? I don't know. And then he leaves with her as if he's rescuing her. But Yeah, but she was going to kill him a minute ago. I know. So it makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. So then he decides she'll be important to the journey. And then Caller arrives and he's like, he's necking with Rower now. Well, this lady. They, they go next to a waterfall, mm. don't they? Mm-hmm. And as a guy who's streaming this, mm. waterfall scenes are always buttock clenching for me because if I show one nipple on Twitch, I, I just instantly get banned by a bot. Right. So I am hovering over my cut screen button on my stream deck mm. the entire time. No, none of that. No. But within seconds, he's just snogging her. Is I mean, I thought her? she might be his sister. Yeah, I thought that's what we were leading to here. Yeah, that they were yeah. some sort of family. But no, he's like, nope. he's like, oh, bloody fancy you, I do. And he starts getting off with her. And then Carla, Carla turns up and she's like, oh, thanks very much. I thought we had something. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, love. Yeah, but then doesn't it break into a fight? Yeah, she tries, to, she tries to fight Roa. And he's like, ladies, ladies, please. <sighs> uh, but while they're fighting, they get attacked by more blue cavemen. Oh. God damn those blue cavemen. Oh, bloody hell. They get uh, everywhere. They do. <clears throat> yeah, and then Yor tries to break it up, but Roa gets smashed over the air with a rock. Yeah. And um, she's di- she's dying in Yor's arms. Yeah. I died in They're Yor's great arms, eyes, arms tonight. To die in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are. We'd all want to die in them. Oh, especially, well, not half. Uh, but she before she dies, she says to Carla, you can have my medallion. Yeah. Because you're worthy. She just tried to kill her, by the yeah, way. Yeah. and she, Well, that makes sense because she just tried to kill your, so it's working out as this, yeah, was, so this is our relationship. A triangle of death. <laughs> so then she dies, and then they're like, should we go to the seaside? Well, they bury her, and the, two, the, the thing that they use is like the um, spinal tap uh, small... Stonehenge that comes oh, down. Oh, you're it? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they place a little flower on it, mm. and uh, Carla's upset. And you think you just literally tried to kill her. Yeah, and you couldn't be more happy if she died. Yeah, and she was literally no. getting off with your fella. Yeah, yeah. If you look closely on that scene where yours getting off, there's a pag up on the rock yanking himself <laughs> off, <laughs> pretending to hunt. How's hunting going? Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Think I can see something. Oh, careful! It's it's raining. Funny rain. <laughs> oh. that was fairly. That was a fairly short burst, limited just underneath you. Yes, <laughs> that'll do. Strange weather here. 
so they go to the seaside. Uh, your Pag and Carla uh, make friends with another tribe. Uh, she drinks the water. Do you mm. remember? Mm. And he goes, no, mm. that is salty, yeah. silly woman. <laughs> and she's like, oh. And you're like, well, what's that scene about? You think that's going to lead fish. to something. Yeah, yeah they eat fish. Nothing. Big old fish. And then some kids get attacked by a fat river lizard. Like a turtle, isn't it? Mm. With a bitey Again, mouth. very paralysed body, Yeah. movie head. Mm. These monsters reminded me a bit of the old Doug McClure monsters. Very much so, mm. where they just go, oh, for ages. I mean, they might be mentally ill. <laughs> no I one's know. considered that because that's the noise they make. They kind of just well, go, protecting oh. its young. Yeah. Could have, like, just needed some sort of, you know, some facility and some medical help. That Doug McClure one, Journey to the Centre of the Earth, is mm. that the one or the one where he goes? Is it Peter Cushion's in it? Mm, I can't remember. Cause... It's got the mine reedy lizards that fly up and the rafters. And it's got an old... It's the soundtrack I love from these old things because mm. they had a pool of like five sounds which they used and everything. Mm. And in that, every time you look into these lizards' eyes, it goes, Ew, wow. <laughs> and it always does it too long. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is like what it, this is like, you know, what strokes like. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You remember Doug McClure always had his sleeves ripped off? He did, always. Instantly. Yeah. And I always got them confused because there's one where he falls off a boat to get into the magic land. and there's a, Oh, th- that's a diving bell, isn't it? That's yeah. another one. That's quite That's quite clever. Mm. But the rest of them is just Nazis you. But why have Nazis always got to... Because oh, they're, they're the God's best monsters, aren't they? They're true meanies. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They did bad stuff. That's why when you watch these Italian films and you see a bit of plasticine shoved on a lizard's head, it's much better than just watching a very bad, you know, thing. Puppet. Puppet. (laughs) I'm having a stroke. (laughs) Imagine if you went up to someone in the street and said, I'm having a stroke, like you were having one, and they just plunged an axe in your forehead. Yeah, and punched you and then (laughs) rode you into Poundland. What a terribly unedifying way to die. snogging your partner <laughs> instantly. He's dead now. Don't worry about him. <laughs> and because it's the, the law of this film, your partner would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like a John Wayne kiss. You remember the old oh, John yeah, Wayne where they films just where... Push lips together and go, mm, mm. Well, no, they used to fight him. They always, oh, they always yeah. had the mechanic of they hated him. I, I don't like you. And then he used to snog them until they went into paralysis. Mm. I think it was his bad breath. I was going to say. But yeah. they would, they'd always be striking his chest. And then sort of 30 seconds into this uncomfortable kiss, they just go flunk. Mm. And then they love him forever. Well, you would. And then they all punched each other in those old cowboy films and went, well, I guess I had that coming. Mm. Where in reality, if you get punched, you get really cross. Oh, it hurts as well, doesn't have, it? Have you ever stroked your chin and just went, ah, that was a good punch? No. One time, I've only been punched in the face once and it really hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and I was sort of shaken up afterwards. I got punched at a Counting Crows concert really? at the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, this fight was going on behind me and I just turned around and somebody thought I was in and they punched me in the face. Jesus Christ. And then the lead singer, Mm. Adam Duritz or something, Mm. stopped 
stopped the entire performance and pointed at me and said, get rid of him. We don't have people that fight. Oh, my God. And I got ejected and I sat out on the steps of the Royal Albert Hall and I just thought, I. Yeah. That's awful. I still like him. In many but... ways, you were like Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. Exactly. It was a one-armed man that punched you. I didn't you. jump off a big water no. chute. You said to Adam Duritz, I didn't do. I didn't start that fight. He yeah. just said, I don't care. Yeah. And then sang Mr. Jones again. <laughs> <laughs> what a sad uh, story. I know. I yeah. couldn't believe it. And it all happened like, dum-de-dum-dum-dum-dum. Hey, him, get out. It's like a nightmare. You know, oh where God, uh, yeah. your anxiety dreams, where your favourite person just turns around and says, you're an ass. Yeah. Have you have you made peace with them? No. no. And then he started wearing a really bad wig, so I think like... Oh, does he? He's stopped it now. But go and... Um, I think it's Adam Duritz. Go, go Google Adam Duritz's wig. <laughs> and uh, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I haven't paid any attention to them for about 30 years when he had Nor big dreadlocks. Nor have I, and, to, and people keep sending me, my mates keep sending me, have you seen his hair? <laughs> What's going on? It's a bit like yours hair. Yours mm, hair mm. is very oh. um, Richard and Judy, and it's very Judy Finnegan. Very Judy Finnegan. But at least, you know, God got revenge on, on your behalf by taking his hair away. Yeah, that's what I thought happened. Yeah. Karma, that is. Uh, you, 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 if anything, you were calmer than him on the night, huh? Um, moving on moving on uh, so the, the the new tribe who they've saved him from have prepared a feast for them and the, yeah. the tribe's leader talks about the gods and a strange fiery object as a bird of fire and that they left a, an object yeah. for them to this guy again has a massive fringe mm. very prog rock looking very, very. has many wives there's a there's a um, there's a bit in it like do you not have loads of wives mm. you should have this wife and then he and says, then he Yor wished... says hmm. I've already got a wife. And Aww. it's the first time he pledges sort of allegiance to Carla after Aww, months God. of throwing her under the bus. Um, and yeah, the, 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 the guy from the tribe says he wishes it could be Christmas every day. Because yeah. he's Roy Wood. Um, yeah, so they have a feast. And then as they walk away from the cave where he shows them the object that fell out of the bird of fire, mm. we start getting some radio interference. So we're like, yeah. hang on. It looks on. like an outside light, doesn't it? Yes. So then the tribe are like, well, everything is going great. We're having a lovely meal. Mm. It would be really bad if something bad happened now. Yep. Yeah, don't the girls come over to him and say, Yor, come with us. Yes. And then Yor says, I'll bring Carla. And yeah. you think, oh, it's another buttock clenching moment yeah. for a streamer. You think, what's oh, going on there? <laughs> and it shows them uncomfortably walking over rocks because obviously they're actors with yeah. bare feet on yeah. volcanic rock. Are you worried that the tribesman's going to stand up and do that double clap thing? And they say, <laughs> stop the dogging. Yes, anything. Yeah. And nothing happens. No, nothing. No. But then lasers cut, start firing because down Because it's from the a sky. mechanic to take him out of the mm. film. Yeah. So, so the tribe die from the laser attack. Mm. And this is the first moment in the film where you see a laser. Yeah. So you're like, hang on. What's going on? These, these guys have just got a flint and arrow. Yeah. But I, I wanted to pause it here because I found a couple of facts that I thought you'd enjoy. Go on, I will. So Red Brown, who plays Yor, had to maintain his muscular physique during the six months of shooting. You fuck off. Like, <laughs> six months. Like, Italians six. are famous for filming it at a weekend. <laughs> it really feels like they just wandered around. I said when I found that out, 
How did he not get an outrageous suntan? How was he mm. not peeling and blistering constantly yeah. in the Turkish sun? Six months. Six months of cocaine and wandering around <laughs> and having a bloody great time. He says there was no exercise equipment, so he had to do a thousand push-ups and sit-ups a day. Mm. Mm. Probably. I mean, he's got a fantastic figure in it, but still doesn't equate well. what happened to six months of filming because <laughs> it don't translate at all, does it? It feels no. like it's done in three weeks. It's incredible. And even though he was speaking English when he filmed, Red Brown's voice is dubbed over by someone called Gregory Snegoff. Yeah. Well, they didn't possess a lot, a lot of these Italian films. Uh, and when you're filming, one of the biggest problems is you've got to have great sound, right? Because mm. the wind interferes. Apparently in all these Italian films, a lot of the dub was they just didn't have the equipment to capture any of the dialogue. So whatever was going to happen, even if it was amazing, they would dub over it. Right. Because okay. it would just be full of like clips of wind, director farting. Yeah. He was known for that. Yeah. And action. <laughs> would make it infinitely better for I him. have a wife. Her name is Carla. <laughs> um, but apparently he has one line in this. It's his own dialogue, which is where he says, in a second, damn talking box. Yeah. That is Red Brown. Oh. And also, Corrine Clary. Also, a- like, mm. he, how he gets angry with that talking box, seeing he... He only saw it once and they mm. left it in the cave, didn't they? Yeah. Should have picked it up. Should have done something. It seems fault. sort of disproportionate that he gets angry at it. How did he know that was the laser? Uh, well, well, I think he just put two and two together and got five. And that's your fault, yeah? Yeah, that's your fault. Someone should have said to him, but he'd be like, oh, oh don't you All the way through. Yeah. That should have been his catch, her catchphrase to him. You're is, the one for me. Yeah. All this, that, yeah. This, all this is your fault. Eureka! Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, Your Honour, she says as she pegs him. Um, Now, Colleen Clary was in Moonraker, obviously. You're the hunter from the future, she's in this. The costumes from this film were used in the film, from the film Humanoid. Yes. Which stars Barbara Back and Mm -hmm. Richard Keel. And Barbara Back in it has the world's driest hair. Talk about <laughs> Tinder, because this film, your mm. everything explodes in flames from it's the true. get-go, doesn't it? Because yeah. everything is Tinder-ish. Mm. Uh, her hair in that humanoid drives you to distraction. I mean, it's like Wirewall. Well, maybe we'll do that one day, because uh, if it's well, got we'll Richard Keel Because it? it's bonkers, yeah, mm. again. It is a crazy, crazy film with infinite gear changes. Well, no gears. <clears throat> well, talking of gear changes, the film now flicks to sci-fi. Yes. Because Tor says, they're not gods. Gods couldn't be this cruel. I will avenge this tribe. Mm. And then they get All on a boat. All five of them. All five of them. They get on a boat with Pag... And they go to an island. Again, an mm. insanely flammable boat. Yes. Yeah, you wouldn't it's want that. It's so strong. It looks like what you aware... do a Viking funeral on. Yeah. yeah. I'm aware that boats might have looked like this, but not to go to sea in. I mean, yeah. and also the sail is a bunch of furs Yeah. Uh, put together. Imagine how sodden <laughs> fur gets. Yeah. Someone's going to write in and go, well, actually, uh, fur yeah. was, come on, anything but a bunch of soggy furs for your sail. Yeah. You'd want to use Thor's pants, Thor's pants, or even I should say. Yeah, just this, mm. the hide a pair would of have been better than a bunch of fur. Mm. 
but they they ride they ride they sail straight into a shipwreck. But also, there's a great bit where the boat is obviously like stuck on the stuck stuck on the beach, mm. and it looks like it weighs fifteen thousand tons. Yeah, and everybody goes to push it in, mm. but it's quite obvious that it couldn't be moved. So no. the camera just pans along them, and then suddenly they're at sea, <laughs> and laughing again. Yeah, having a lovely time. Yeah, because seeing the whole village has just been burnt to a cinder <laughs> they're having a laugh well i suppose in those old days of the caveman days you didn't have time to sort of focus no on you've trauma. got to make the most of it didn't you it's like being at war it's like one minute you could be talking to your mate ogog and the next minute a saber-toothed tiger's eating him exactly yeah time's fleeting enjoy it while you can well exactly but talking of um time is fleeting a man called the overlord is watching through a crystal ball yes very Wizard of Oz. What do we think of the Overlord? Um, he's very medieval. Yeah, I don't. He's got like a gauntlet on, isn't he? And uh... he looks like he's got an end of the. I think end of the dragons inspired this one a bit because he's got the interchangeable hands, and later yeah. on there's a hall of mirrors. He does a lot of swirling his cape around, and yeah. it's very dark. I think he needed a mask because he looks a bit like Charles Dance. Talking of masks, mm. what about the robots? There, about employs? the robots. They are very sex dolly, aren't they? They are very sex dolly. They have big, open, gaping mouths. They look a bit like the... Do you remember Battlestar Galactica, the TV series from the 70s? Yeah. You know, there's sometimes you would see who they're talking to when they're being briefed by Patrick McNee. Yeah. And they look a bit like him, like an owl man. Just massive, gaping, open mouths, which mm. you and Pag could have a great time with. Oh, yeah. And they're so slow. They're terrible. Why would you invent a master race which you want to uh, replace human with that just moves so to be badly? fair To be fair to old Overlordo, he does say later on that he needs Yor and Carla to improve his androids because his ones aren't oh, very right. good. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, they are terrible. They're and so slow. The first one we see gets decapitated immediately. Immediately, but mm. his body is so rigid even mm. though its head falls off. But... Yours fighting loads of them and they, they stun him and take him away to the Overlord. Yeah. But Pag and Carla find a sort of underground resistance led by Gary Strange. Or... Yeah, that's yeah. another gear change. Mm. Um, they hide in this incredibly small cave, mm. which really wasn't was just a tiny little alcove. Mm. And they meet, you know, uh, someone from a uh, new romantic band. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... The robot just walks straight past it, doesn't it? Yeah. But then it accidentally treads on Pag's bow. And we're supposed to be like, oh, my God, but it just walks off. It just walks off. <laughs> and you're like, oh, they're going to get discovered. No, yeah. they're not. No, Those robots are fine. useless. But we hear the Overlord give that bit of dialogue where he says, uh, I want everyone, ca- I want them captured and brought to me alive. Yeah, there's very, yeah, you can, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he's a fairly limp villain, if I'm honest. He's not got enough screen time mm. and he probably didn't have a lot to play with and no. he's only got swirly capiness really and he gets annoyed and looks through a bubble. Yeah, not much going on for him there. And he he does a rent-a-ghost, doesn't he? He sort of yes. disappears Boop. and comes back in again. When Every time he sneezes. <laughs> uh, but Yor wakes up in a lab and he meets uh, a, a scientist lady who says, don't worry, my name is Enna. And I'm on your side, basically. Dressed in cling film. Yeah. Dressed, dressed in uh, forensic murder. Yes. All of them are. They all are. They look like they're 
processing a murder scene. Yep. Uh, the script. <laughs> anyway, um, she tells him his real name is Galahan. Yeah. And his father brought him to this planet, but he was forced to grow up in the wilderness. Yeah. And we see a video of him learning how to hunt. He's yeah, like, where did you get that film from? Yeah. Because it said you crashed. Yeah. His dad was a rebel. Hmm. He was getting away. The plane, the, the, the ship crashed. And then it goes, here's you learning. Hmm. But he's exactly the same age. Last week. And it's just footage from the earlier film. He's like, oh, that, 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 he goes, that reminds me. When I was hunting a couple of weeks ago, I saw a man in the woods holding this black box on his shoulder pointed at me <laughs> i didn't know what it was now with I know. no sound crew <laughs> uh but then as she's chatting away to your overlord appears ting yeah and he says to enna free him and he, t- he says that he's going to use your and carla who he t- talks about being genetically perfect to create a new master race based on his androids in order to rule the planet I've just twigged. Is that because she's wearing the uh, the biscuit oh, and yeah. he thinks she's the other one? Oh, that or... would make sense, actually. It yeah. would make sense, but it doesn't no. bear any fruit in this. I hadn't clocked it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, after a lot of kerfuffle, they managed to escape. Well, she, Carla well, and Pag escape. Yeah. Mm. Here's the thing. In this last bit, there's a lot of people just walking out. Yeah. Whilst people give long dialogue monologues. Mm-hmm. You know, you sort of think like, well, if that happened in James Bond, it would be a very short film. Absolutely. Yeah. He's going, well, when I first started, and then they just walk out behind him. But it turns out he deliberately did that, right? Because mm. he wants them to lead him to the rebels. That's right. I think so. But there's a few instances where people are talking and they just walk off. Yeah. And then they turn around and go, oh, damn it. How did they get away? <laughs> but Carla and Pag meet the Rebellion, who are led by a mysterious blind elder who looks like Jeffrey from Rainbow. He does. Mm. And when I was streaming it the other night, I did think he looked like another Radio 1 DJ, which I won't mention because okay. I don't want to bring things down. But mm. he's very top of the pops. Oh, it? I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, um, sorry, Carla and Pag chat to him and basically... They've been plotting to overthrow the Overlord for years, mm. but haven't really bothered till now. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there's only <laughs> seven of them yeah. on this island. You'd think by now they'd have had an Operation Valkyrie or something, tried to blow well, him up. Yeah, or mm. or Overlord could have just walked into the room where there were all these people in forensic gear and go, right, well, it's one of you lot, so mm. I'll imprison one of you. Well, also, they're on an island that's basically built on a giant nuclear reactor. They could have just done what they do later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but there you yeah. go. Yeah. After being rescued by uh, Enna, Yor looks for Carla in a hall of mirrors and she cries a lot and then they literally this, bump into each other. This is a Conan rip, isn't it? Yeah. The hall of mirrors, yeah. Mm. Yeah, was it Destroyer that had the hall of mirrors? Something like that. It was, it was quite a good scene, if I remember rightly. Well, the one I was thinking of was Enter the Dragon, because that's where the fight is at yeah, the end, isn't it? Yeah, hmm. But isn't there one in Co- in the second Conan where... Uh, yeah, but that was after com- this. Oh, they copied mm. them. Yeah, they must have copied them. That's where mm. he has to fight Pat Roach. Is it Pat yeah, Roach? Yeah, somebody said that. I thought it was an evil demon. Maybe it was Pat Roach dressed as an evil demon. 
No, maybe when he kills him, he becomes an evil. I can't remember. No, no I can't. Because he spins him round, doesn't he, over his feet? Pat Roach was knocking it out of the park in the 80s, oh. just spinning A- A-list and uh, D-list celebrities around the top of his head. He was, yeah. And he even got a big villain role, didn't he, in Willow? Yeah. And he he was in all three Indiana Jones films. And oh. one of them, he's in it twice. Knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Didn't he train Superman? No, that was David Prowse. David Prowse, mm. yeah. Yeah. Proper, proper bodybuilder. Proper bodybuilder. Not a very nice man, apparently. I don't know mm, apparently so. uh, about that because he was busy slagging off uh, George Lucas. And I think George Lucas can be quite problematic. Mm. But then you're not sure. Must have been a tough gig with Harrison Grumpy Ford. Yeah. And him, him going, right. And him knowing anything he says is going to get dubbed. So he could have just yeah. got on set and been like horribly racist and it would have still got dubbed. The outtakes would have been exceptional, though, wouldn't they? Yeah, coming over going, oh, you bunch of fur. <laughs> coming over here. Little bloody Was he from Ewoks. the West Country? Yeah, he was, yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Tear the ship apart, he said. Bring me yeah, the plans. It's, it's, like, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to poo-poo accents, but, you know, <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. And the fact that he thought, the, the land, if, if the story is correct, the fact that he went to the premiere thinking they'd leave that in is insane. Yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? Mm. I'm in a film with Alec Guinness and they're going to leave my accent in the main yeah. bad, main baddie. Yeah. I'd have just been happy I was in it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Even Anything, though you're in the suit. Even a stormtrooper that gets twatted immediately. Mm. I'd have oh. dined out on that forever. Well, there's a documentary called Elstree 1976, I think it's called. And it's about all of the um, supporting artists mm. from Star Wars and how they've made a nice little career out of just saying I was in Star Wars, and you, as, as you rightly would. How come all bands, you know, the scene in Star Wars, they walk in, mm. why do they never get future music quite right? I know it's, yeah. a, it's always a bit... It's always based on current music. It's a bit, yeah, but not, is it? It's based on like 1930s jazz, that. That's true. But they just put it through a flanger and it sounds futuristic. <laughs> and you're like, oh God, the future sucks balls. And can we stop drinking blue juice? Oh, they've really run with this blue juice shit now. It's in everything <laughs> they do. Star Trek is the biggest defender. Yeah. Ah, Valkarian wine. Yeah. Oh, God. It's not. It's night nurse. It's antifreeze. <laughs> Screen wash. Um, this Halfarian's wine <laughs> is beautiful. <laughs> from the planet Halfords. <laughs> um, so they, they bump into each other in the Hall of Mirrors. Have mm. a little snog. And then the overlord appears and monologues about living in a post-nuclear world. He wants yeah. his people to procreate and grow strong. Uh, and he basically sounds a bit like Toby Young. He wants Yor and Carla to breed genetically perfect children and show off. And he shows off his new androids that all look like Buster Blood Vessel in a roll neck. Yeah. And no, then, that, again, that, they do Those roll necks look like somebody's crashed a big top hat over the top of them. It does. <laughs> they are insane. <laughs> but they're quite... Amazing looking compared to the sex dolls that yeah, he's got are. before. They're but, think, but I quite like the style of it, but then you don't really see them again, do you? They just no. operate a lift. They're just in the background looking useless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he has a fight with the Overlord and he's like, he's basically like, yeah, fucking come on then. And the Overlord just holds up his hand and blows air and, and bright lights and into light, his yeah. face. Palms him off. Yeah, literally palms him off. Maybe that's where the expression comes from. You're the future hunter. 
I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, so he, he then gets in a lift and he's going yeah, to see Yeah, this ya. is a good bit, this. Mm. <laughs> so basically, Overlord has beaten your... Mm. Right, go on. Yeah. And, and, and the Overlord's in the lift, giving it, giving it large. Yeah. And then your <laughs> picks up a pole and chucks it through the lift and it goes yeah, right through his chest. but the pole is like the barrier at a multi-storey car park, isn't it? But it, yeah. tends, it looks like a big plastic straw. Yeah, it looks like the sort of thing gondolas have. <laughs> yeah, with the red stripes all around it. And he hurls it through mm. the lift. There's a Humphrey about. <coughs> Into his... Um, lower yeah torso mm. and which you'd think he would have proofed over i don't know yeah it seems like he got through all that fight but yet he got outwitted by a, a gondola <laughs> pole <laughs> but he goes ah oh, i'm gonna carry on which you can always do in films when you've been shot or mm. they should cut to him going to hospital and they're going well i'm sorry you very much can't carry on I'm afraid yeah. you're dying. No, must talk slowly. I know, that's all good and well, but I'm afraid you're fatally injured. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to operate or you will die. No, must continue no, talking slowly. I have to sedate him now. But still being able to move and use all my limbs. Uh, what, what gloves he got at this point? Is it like? Is he still like the one that's like a box with a line pointing out of it? Yeah, they mm. get, it gets confusing, doesn't it? Like a cowbell. Yeah. Mm. So then Yor decides, well, what i got to do is blow up the nuclear stockpile over this, but there's no yeah. bridge over there. So he decides to swing on a power cable. Yeah, it's like a power cable that that is attached to, like, a, a you know, a, 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 you sort of get them on the back of lorries, like yeah. cranes and stuff. So it's like a crane operator on a cable mm. with, like, three buttons. Yeah, exactly. But it seems to be long enough to make him... Insanely long. Insanely long. <laughs> so much so that if you accidentally let it go, it would just swing out of your reach and you yeah. would never be able to get it again. No. It would knock a giant in the head. Again, there's a lot of bridges in this film mm. that seem to play a role. So the bridge is gone and he's mm. got to swing across like this. And he swings across again and we but get... But they the... chuck him the dynamite at the last minute and he oh, yeah. carelessly stuffs it under his arm. Under his arm, that's insane. That he's using to hold on to. <laughs> it's like if I was if I was carrying two cups of tea and someone gave me that, I'd be like, don't put it under my arm, I'm carrying two cups of tea. But he's, he's holding on for dear life and he's like, yeah, yeah. just stick it on my arm. Yeah, that'd do. I mean, he could just crush it under his arm with yeah. the weight of himself and blow himself up mid-air, credits roll. Oh, but he swings across in his He-Man doll and we get another burst of Oliver Onion's Yaw! There is a, a He-Man doll that mm. appears a lot in this scene. Mm. It's very doll heavy, this. Very, yeah. And we get Yaw again and he goes over and he puts the bomb on and meanwhile, the sort of overlords looking at it from a distance going, no, don't do that. Stop yeah. him. And the robots are all useless. And then bloody Yaw can't get back, can he? Because the cable swung back the other way. Yeah, he let go. So Pag's got to swim over, swing over as a doll. And does, did the pack swings over upside down. Well, this is the greatest scene, and you, and you, I think you can find this as a clip on its own. Mm. So it's a plastic doll mm. of a sixty mid sixty year old man <laughs> who suddenly goes and flips upside down, mm. holding onto his legs, mm -hmm. stretches his arms out, grabs your, but at this point your is not moving because he is just like a he man doll. Yeah. 
it is the most it, like your brain rejects it on every level it is so awful that if you're a director and you saw it even in 83 you'd have gone i don't think we'll use that yeah we can't use that that's really embarrassing swings him back over upside down i mean pag is a state in this he really right? is he looks like an amalgamation of a lot of greasy spoons at this point <laughs> and he's lived a life right <laughs> he just flips upside down grabs him brings him back up they jump down on the floor not even out of breath no, like no, thanks no. perfect landing as well yeah uh, but also i suppose it makes a difference when you read that the director also did the special effects for this film yeah with his son it says like, brilliant he says he did it with his son now many people probably think yeah, oh, his I son was probably in his early 30s i reckon he was about nine yeah and he's giving him a credit because yeah, they were his doll. dolls yeah yeah <laughs> when he says he did them with his son do you think he just used his son's toy box yeah he says i love that i love mm-hmm. that what's that that's lego you can't use that ah, he built the cave out of it um, pretty much yeah so then the overlord struggles onward to, to try and get to the stockpile but it blows up and they steal one of the overlord's ships just as the overlord reaches the stockpile and it all blows up and they fly away in there the ship there is a strange pag scene isn't there there is a pag scene oh where yes sorry yeah hmm. pag runs out hmm. why does he run out because he's going to face down the androids while they get away yeah that's it but the elder who looks like jeffrey from rainbow has switched them all off just at the right time. Yeah, literally as they're about to kill. He's Pag. giving a big monologue at this point as well, mm. isn't he? Over the end, over the speakers, basically saying, "Your years of dominance are over, Overlord. You're finished." Yeah. And, and they... Pag's just about to be shot, mm. and just at the last minute, stops. And then they say, "Come on, you old fool!" or mm. something, and mm. he runs into it. He gets in the and spaceship. And then the music starts. And then, as the music starts, we get this narration. Your returns to the primitive tribes on the mainland. He's determined to use his superior knowledge to prevent them making the same mistakes as their forefathers. Will he succeed? And the titles come up. Also, how janky is that rocket ship when it oh. gets out? Because it flies through an explosion, doesn't it? And it mm. looks like it's quite obvious. Like when Lee Majors is... Um, uh, four-wheel drive yeah. comes off a jump you know it's written off instantly don't yeah. you as soon as it lands uh it goes through an explosion and it's clearly crashing at yeah. this point it looks like much like the bat from earlier on that it's just like yeah. a, a thing they've made that will glide for like five meters and then fall five to the ground. meters yeah. and then because it's so janky and built on yeah. aerodynamically it just plunges and then there's a scene it sort of goes off in the sunset and again it is quite apparent that it's about to plunge back in the sea yeah but there we go that's your the hunter that's of the your oh what a great film what a great film i love watching crap films i mm. always have there's not and especially if you can do it with friends mm. it's one of the greatest things sitting there and assassinating mm. you know because there's there's even good goodish films that you're watching and suddenly they just do the most craziest decision yeah. And it's not really like, oh, I'm going to go outside, what's that noise? Because that's obviously a mechanic to sort of get it going. But it's mm. like, there's so many films that just do... There's that West Country one that the writer pulled out of. It was sort of built on a monster. And it's got the strangest gaping open mouth. And I think the writer backed out of it because when he saw the film... I bet some of your listeners will know what I'm talking about. You're talking about Rawhead Rex? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. Like that the decision to go with that mask mm-hmm. ruins the entire film. He's also got bus eyes, which doesn't help. It none of it. He no. don't look scary. He just no. looks like he needs a dentist. Yeah. Or a, a help. Well, that's Clive but, Barker. And originally in in the story, Rawhead Rex is a giant penis with arms and legs. Really? Yeah. Oh God. Well, maybe. maybe so I it's think a they made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, we, we did Rawhead Rex. That's a, that's one of my favourites from when I was a kid. Because it's got mm. great elements of a story mm. and it's got that brilliant, that only English horror kind of does that creates that creepiness and mainly because they had space, too much space, mm. uh, which creates eeriness. So the whole sort of build-up and the way that people are and the way that it's filmed, is, is, it's a great film. Mm. But the monster is horrific and every time you see it you can't help but have a little giggle he has a golden he gives a priest a golden shower as well which is a bit disturbing yeah there's loads mm. there's loads of bits in that where you're like this is good oh. have yeah. you ever seen funny man no so funny man is a 90s film and it's got christopher lee in it but christopher lee obviously they mm. gave him 100 grand and he turns up at the end and turns mm. up at the start turns up at the end i think we should watch that All next right. time because okay. it is bonkers and i were i was just on uh bbc's uh soap doctors with uh, chris walker who's in it mm. uh and all i did constantly was pick his brains about it and uh he said it was very a, a very uh should we say jazz cigarette oh. sherbet dip fueled film um but it is insanity personified and when you read the gubbins on it it says a lot of it was ad-libbed and you're like no shit sherlock have a little look at it all right yeah we'll do that next. if anybody's seen it it is a wonderful piece of 90s english film doesn't stop getting more and more ridiculous (laughs) well on that bombshell thank you very much terry for oh thank you so much it's been wonderful thank you mate Mm. Lovely. And uh, until next time, uh, make sure you go and watch it. It's free on YouTube, this, by the way, if you want to watch it. I recommend (laughs) it. Uh, It's good fun. And uh, thank you, Terry, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Speak to you soon.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.